This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. As you listen to this podcast today, it's my birthday. So I wanted to share a very special, I guess we'll call it State of the Union address for my 40th birthday, which seems pretty wild to me, even though it's been coming for literally 40 years. My intention for this podcast is to give you an update on what's been going on with me, specifically because I've got surprise news. I don't have it all figured out. And it's cool if you don't either, because it's definitely about incremental growth and your journey. Not about doing it for the gram. Not about doing it for other people. And if you feel, for whatever reason, like you are less than or behind, this just might be your wake-up call to know that it's not true and it doesn't matter. So why do I say that? Well... Because I felt that way, obviously. If I felt that way, I know that that means other people have felt that way. And in my case, some of it came from not having the structure as a kid. You know, I was in the, sounds bougie to say that, but gifted and talented programs in my hometown You know, those people that score really high on tests and all of that jazz, that was me. Never really applied myself because, I mean, if you know the answer to the test, why should you do homework that tells you what the answer to the test is? Just never made sense to me. But my parents, with everything that I had going on, between split custody and all of these different variables, like they were trying to make sure that I, I made it through the process. Like we weren't looking to optimize. We were just looking to get a successful outcome. And you know, for a while there was resentment there, but you have to look at it through their lens and their experiences. And they did a fantastic job with the tools they had. I mean my mom was over this weekend and just a little while ago I'd shown her the picture of me at my high school graduation and in that picture she was younger than I am now it would be unreasonable to hold her to an expectation for how say I raise my son and the process and procedures that I implement with him I didn't learn those until the last five years. It would be completely unreasonable to presume somebody would have that capability. So that's one of the things that I learned by age 40, I guess, is not only how to be a child, but how to be appreciative of the efforts that they put forward. Because while I may not be where 
a lot of the people that were in those gifted and talented programs are now. The come up that I'm about to have will make it so that it never mattered. And that's the beautiful thing about this path that I'm going to take you down today is it doesn't matter where you are now, whether you feel ahead or behind, greater than, less than, equal to. Those are all the math phrases I can figure out at you know five something in the morning. But that's what matters. You know, just the other day I was on the Battle Buddy podcast with Keith McKeever. And I was walking him through some of these same things for small business. I'm going to be doing a lot of podcasts actually coming up here, including the small business surgeon now with Sam Smith. It's going to be my first interview with a proper Brit, which is exciting to me because he's the best kind of Brit. He's British and he lives in Texas, so automatically my kind of people. But a lot of people are having me on their podcast to share what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And it's really cool to be able to help uplift and accelerate the success of other people as a part of my personal development process. And that's something that while I ran my first business at age 24, I don't know if I would have been ready and able to do properly. Now, I did it for the people that worked with me. I invested heart and soul into their personal development. But the idea behind success is you have one hand on the rung and you have your other hand helping somebody up. Society works the best when that's what we do. Unfortunately, a lot of people take the opposite approach and they use the crab in a bucket philosophy where crabs will pull the one that's trying to get out and bring it back down. Doesn't work. That's not the society that I want to be a part of. And I wouldn't have known all those skills. I was multiple rungs on the ladder lower when I first started doing that. Now, the productivity that I generated with those folks was double the national average back then. So with all of the skills that I know now, that ramping is going to be massive. So what am I talking about from a business standpoint? And then I'll pivot back to some of the interpersonal stuff. I've done a bootstrapped startup before. And I did okay. I turned a $4,000 you know, sweeping out of my retirement plan into running a business that was able to clothe and feed me for five years, basically. That's a pretty solid outcome in a business where if you don't have orders coming in, there's no safety net. There's no other money to give you. That's really solid, especially considering I did it 
right through the 2008 recession. And the skills that I learned doing that, they're applicable to today more than ever. Whether you're looking at, you know, in the government reports, 7% inflation, it's much worse than that. And you're going to start to see that as we go forward here. So what am I helping people do different? James Altucher has a great book, uh, Skip the Line. And it's partially from some of the lessons in that book, but it's also knowing that I grew up with a scarcity mindset because of my abandonment issues. Having to make critical decisions when you're eating ramen noodles and peanut butter and jelly as your three meals a day isn't the best way to make sound strategic decisions. You go into survival mode. And I did that in my 20s. I worked 100 hours a week. I burned myself to the ground. And in the process of that, the energy that I gave off was, it was just wrong. And it was wrong because I was a rat trying to escape the ship that I'd created instead of the captain of my ship. There's a great poem, um, Invictus. One of my mentors has it tattooed on his arm. And it essentially talks about being the captain of your fate. In my 20s, I was the captain of my fate, but I didn't know where I was going. Now I'm 40, and I have a better idea. My next 10 years are going to be more productive than my previous 20, just because of efficiencies that I had learned. And my goal through this process is to be able to help other veterans become business owners. And the reason that I want to do that is we have a massive shift in the landscape based on government regulations and tech where power and money is being concentrated to the top in a more and more rapid fashion. You know, the Pareto principle has always existed. I'm not going to say that there was ever an egalitarian time when that wasn't the case. There was always a case where somebody had two more goats or whatever have you. It's a tale as old as time. But never have I seen the system in a quote-unquote free society be so stacked against the small business, the mom and pop, the individual entrepreneur, where you have the government purposely locking down the small businesses. And I remember during this whole thing, I could go to Walmart any day of the week. They were wide open. Amazon's trucks were free to deliver. But that local store? Nah, man. You can't do that. Fast food could stay open, though. The big national chains could stay open, though. I want to bring small businesses back to the communities. 80% of businesses that go for sale don't actually close. I want to have 
veterans and others, obviously, but my focus being veterans. And I want them to be the pillars in their communities. And I want to help them to acquire some of these small businesses and keep that ownership local. Uh, A local auto parts store, my dad was over over the weekend, and he was telling me the local auto parts chain, the guy just sold it. And he didn't sell it to somebody else in our community. It sold to a national chain, which means they don't have that local impact. Those dollars from the community leave the community. It's the same issue that we have with the gentrification process in the urban centers where the local pharmacy shuts down and then you get a CVS or I forget what they called in New York City. I don't honestly care. But one of those more national chains comes in and takes over and then you lose that community benefit. You lose the mentorship process that occurs when somebody local owns that business and takes people under their wing, does mentorship, internships. They work as, you know, like I had with Mike Agliardi, a student mentor. You lose all of those things when these businesses leave your local community. You lose the diversity of product, which means other small businesses and craftspeople, they don't have work either. So I want to bring that back in a big way and that's been a lot of the conversations I've been having recently with folks. Just in the last week, I helped three veteran small business owners identify financing opportunities for themselves where they don't have to give up an equity stake necessarily to grow their business. I got referred to another um, non-veteran, but another business owner with a startup software company. And I was able to identify ways to do funding where they didn't have to leverage their house or anything else. We were able to identify ways to leverage what they had as a leadership team to self-fund this initiative so that they didn't have to give an equity stake to get financing. And I'm not talking mezzanine debt or anything like that. Um much simpler programs that are offered through banks. It's pretty cool. Now, when they're ready to grow, we can talk MESDET, we can talk partnerships, etc. But just being able to give them the liquid capital to start to do that first proof of concept project is pretty cool. If you have any other questions about what I'm doing on the business side, I mean, follow me on LinkedIn. I post up there pretty frequently. Um, you know, michaeldemo.com. I have a website. I built it. It's about the simplest website you'll ever find. It asks two questions. Are you looking to grow your business? Are you looking to sell your business? I'll update it eventually, but does it really need to be more complicated than that? I don't think so. So let's awkwardly pivot to some of the other conversations. What have I learned about being a spouse? I've learned that I've been a pretty bad one. Yeah, I gave a lot of blame in my first relationship. And granted, there there were things, but there was definitely a lack of communication. And that comes from my 
self-preservation and protection that I feel whenever there's a threat. You know, think of the turtle that moves into its shell, the, I don't know, armadillo that spins around or whatever analogy you choose to use is fine by me. You know, keep it. It's cool. But that's something that I've been working through is my different levels of esteem and the feelings of being less than personally and needing to protect myself before I can be giving to others. And it is definitely a work in progress. 40 years in, that is something I'm still working on because I wasn't aware of how bad it really was. And maybe that's ego. I don't know, id ego. I, it's been a while since I did a you know psychology textbook. But being aware of the habit and issue is going to help have a better relationship. I have a fantastic woman in my life, Lauren, and she's very supportive of me. We both have our, you know, schisms, if you will, but she cares and she gives a damn about me and then my success, which is as somebody that's had the abandonment issues that I've had, definitely the thing. Now, am I having to learn how to apply my love language to somebody that is on the opposite side of the spectrum for their love language? Yep. My love language is very much doing for people. I've learned that that came from my scarcity mindset and trying to produce for other people the things that I didn't have. So I'm learning that. And how do I translate that to somebody that likes words and touch? Funny for somebody that runs a podcast to say that expressing myself verbally isn't my strong suit. There's some horrible irony in there. I'm sure there is. But that's something that I'm working on. And it's not about being perfect. It's about the continual, gradual implementation of better and better things. I have a daughter coming in about a month and a half here. I also have my son that's going to be turning two in May. In the last two years... The only thing that I would say that I have done well in an unmitigated success type fashion is being a dad. It's a bold statement. Really bold. Like, they don't make Hallmark cards or whatever that say stuff like that. But while there are areas of opportunity, that is something that I can honestly say that I had no clue what the heck I was doing. It's really wild. You deliver this child and they, they give you a class on like, here's how you wrap your baby so it doesn't lose its absolute mind every night. And I'm willing to bet that 
Chipotle does a better job of teaching those people how to wrap those burritos than they did at this hospital teaching me, hey, here's how you sustain life. Congratulations. Like, holy crap. Like, when I worked at Subaru, I had to spend a good 90 minutes just walking somebody how a car works. And we all have them. And we understand the basic concept. There's a steering wheel. There's a shift lever. Here, push this to turn it on. Like, oh my God. What are we doing here? It was it was amazing. But being the father to my children... And it's going to be a little bit different with a girl, I've been told already, but at least with what I've seen from my son so far, is the most rewarding thing that I do, and the reason that I do what I do. I want him, and then her when she comes, to obviously have the things that I didn't have, and tangible assets is not what I'm talking about. You know, I grew up in not a wealthy household, is a good way to put that. My children will grow up in a household with more abundance in the physical sense, but the emotional and spiritual sense is really where I'm talking about. Because there's a lot of kids that grow up in multimillionaire parents, and they're, pardon my friends, they're a bunch of dicks. And I grew up seeing that. The spoiled wealthy child trope. It's real for a reason. But that's because those kids didn't have these things anchored to a greater purpose. And they took a lot of things for granted. So I work with my son on gratitude. He's not two yet, but we have the conversation about what are you grateful for. I walk him through every night, the things that I love, honor, and appreciate about him, his wins for the day, things I saw him do or say that I was proud of. He's never going to get a participation trophy. If he comes in 18th place for whatever school project and they have the unmitigated gall to give him a ribbon, we're going to have a very good Viking funeral ceremony for that ribbon that's just not gonna happen like yeah i'm not gonna go ricky bobby if you're not first or last but if you're 13th bro i'm sorry but that doesn't work so i'm going to give him you know obviously the skills that he'll need to be successful but also the mindset i've been listening to a book the coddling of the american mind by two professors and the biggest problem we have in society right now is it was helicopter parents back in the early 2000s that I dealt with Um, it's gone one generation further the control aspect not letting your children fail I let Ryan fail the other day he fell off the couch told him he was going to do it told him it was going to hurt When he did fall off the couch, he didn't get hurt, hurt. But it shocked him a little bit. And when I comforted him, he was like, you know, buddy, 
when I was mentioning that, you know, here's what the possible outcome of this activity is going to be. Here it is. This is exactly what daddy was talking about. And he got it. Mitigated that decision. I don't want to be the person that tells my son, you can't do something. I want to be the one that's going to let him know, hey, here are the possible outcomes. I'm going to prepare him for the road. I am not going to prepare the road for him. Now, will I be behind the scenes with every tool that he could need? You're damn right. But I'm not going to deploy them before he's ready to accept them. My last topic today, being a friend. Would you believe that this is actually the hardest one for me? Even as I sit here talking with you, the feeling of connectedness with other people has been hard for me my entire life. I've always had friends, but because I didn't have that solid foundation in who I was through the different custody situations and the deployments, moving for work, coming back, living in different houses, like I never had that rock-solid foundation to truly know who I was. And even when I ran my Cutco office, like I saw those people come in that they were just very self-assured, confident, knew who they were. Uh, I actually reconnected with one of them not too long ago. Uh, worked with me back in 2008. Uh, his name is Corey Feldman. If he listens, bro, leave a review. Why not? Um, shameless plug, but when I met him, I knew that he was one of the most fantastic people that I would meet that year. Just there's a vibe some people have. And that was Corey. I grew up around a lot of people like that. Um, heck, even from my early cutco days as a rep, Mick Gazarowski, same conversation, like the dude came from a system and a process where there was that ease and self-assuredness and confidence in oneself. And those are the people that I want to attract to my life because that's a frame that I didn't have growing up. And I understand now it's the, the frame that I need to be successful. At the same time that hunger mindset that I grew up with is going to be something that propels me. So I do bring something very good to those relationships. And I've been in the process of rebuilding my tribe. That tribe has a lot of veterans in it because we have shared experiences, even if we've been in different branches of the military at different times. You know, there's a connectedness that comes from shared sacrifice do I have it more with Marines than I do, say, the Air Force? Sorry, Keith. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that we don't have that community connection that you need in life. And that's going to be my biggest area of opportunity is really redeveloping my network. A network of people that are looking to make a positive change in society. Because I can just help a small business. That's great. 
but I want to help people that want to make an impact in their communities. I want people that are on the same mindset with me that think America is a beautiful place that it's worth fighting for. And it starts in your local community. I don't much care what the national politics are, you know, state of the union or not. What I care about is my community and then my county, my state. If we're going to fix the things that are wrong, we need to start from the ground up because we need to help people first. And those are the types of people I want to bring on as friends into my tribe. And if you're one of those people, reach out to me. I'm happy to have a conversation. And if for some reason that I'm not, I'm happy to refer you to somebody that might be. So that's my State of the Union at age 40. I appreciate you listening. This one's a little bit longer for a monologue. I appreciate you sticking in there. I'm considering not doing ads, but I'm considering highlighting veteran-owned small businesses at the end of my podcast. Not for any give or take. There's no exchange of currency, etc. I just want to highlight good people doing good things. Let me know in the comments if that's something that you would find to be valuable to be able to learn about other veterans that are doing something positive in the community, have a good or service that might benefit you. Again, I'm not going to take an end off of it, but just to be able to let them know that they exist in the universe. Because if we can find ways to help grow our communities, and we do it intentionally, we're going to be able to disrupt, see what I did there, this negative shift towards centralization of wealth and power and influence in our communities and be able to get back to having communities that we can truly be a part of and feel included and engaged in. I'm your host, Mike Demo, and I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day.